0: Thanks for listening to today's message. We hope that it will encourage you and help you live out your faith in everyday life. Make sure to download our church app by typing Comox Pentecostal into Google Play or the App Store to enjoy more podcasts, Bible resources, giving options, and more. Pastor Lord does such a great job on those bumper videos, doesn't she? compare Jesus a look into Hebrews the book of Hebrews so I'll give you a little bit of a teaser if you want to turn your Bible to the book of Hebrews now Hebrews is this masterful document written to the Jews who were who were evaluating or struggling with this new faith or I'll give you a little bit of context the message of Hebrews is that Jesus is better can I hear amen that Christ is supreme and completely, completely sufficient for salvation. Then the ro- oh, you guys are good. Come on now, hey, hey. The more that you guys, uh, you know, feed feedback on, on that, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna yell even louder, right? Because this message actually has me has me a little bit jazzed. I've been excited. I've been I've been going through this. I've been kind of practicing throughout uh, the last few days and. Um, That's what I do. I like to practice because practice makes perfect even though I'll never be perfect. So anyways, that's a good lesson for you. The writer shows how Jesus compares to others and is found superior to angels and leaders and priests. And after establishing the superiority of Christianity, the writer moves on to these practical implications. And that's what I'll be talking about on how Jesus is the better hope. Uh, Jesus is the better hope. How many of you like memes out there? Okay, only a few of you. Okay, this, guys, come on. Hey, I know it's, I know it's, I know it's, like, the sunshine is out, but uh, let's let's get some energy going here, okay? Um, Who likes memes? Put up your hand. Who doesn't know what memes are? Put up your hand. All right. Okay, that's okay. All right, let's show some memes here. The fact that jellyfish have survived millions of years without brains gives hope to many people. It's okay to laugh, folks, okay? Wherever you went, I hope there's pancakes. Yeah, I've been there. And me at my funeral making sure everyone's crying. You have that hope? <laughs> Is everybody crying? I hope, I hope people are going to cry, right? Anyways, uh, the, the last one was a little bit morbid, but... So some context, our religious traditions were especially hard to change because people insisted that God has ordained them, the traditions and practices of the Mosaic law almost 15 centuries before the time of Christ, that the law was the very center of Jewish culture, that the lives were centered around Sabbath worship and yearly feasts, and the priests and the Levites oversaw and regulated worship at the temple. The sacrifices and rules for ceremonial cleansing were all spelled out in the law. The laws and traditions. The laws and traditions were a big part of who they were. To even challenge these practices meant you could even risk your life. We think about uh, we think about Stephen. Acts 6, 13 to 14, it says this fellow never stopped speaking against this holy place and against the law. For we had heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs that Moses handed down to us. Those who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked at Stephen intently and saw that his face was like the face of an angel. Now if you were written in the Bible, wouldn't you want that to be said about you? Trevor, he had the face of an angel. It'd be more like, Trevor, the guy that has a face for radio. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, so if you want a pickup line, okay, if you're old enough to date, you, it's actually biblical. You could say you have a face like an angel, okay? Because it's, it's in here, right? So... Acts 21 28, Paul's opponent, opponent shouted, This is the man who preaches to all men everywhere against our people and the law in this place. Even many Jews who had professed faith in Christ were still zealous of the law. Acts 21:20 20 states. And the author of Hebrews had this great task of trying to convince Jewish Christian readers that the law and Levitical priesthood which was now obsolete and set aside because of the new covenant and the priesthood of Jesus. These are some radical statements about the law. It says that the law was weak and it was useless, that it made nothing perfect. And because of that, it had to be changed and it had to be set aside. And the author sets this distinct line of comparing Judaism and Christianity. And the author doesn't want his readers to go back to the old Jewish ways. This was a big deal. This was mind-altering, that every Jew, every Jew knew they couldn't enter the Holy of Holies and talk to God. That the Levitical system was designed to keep worshipers at a distance from God. And the high priest was the only one who could enter the Holy of Holies. Here Hebrews is implying that we don't need that. That we can draw near to God through Jesus. The high priest was the only one that could enter that. But now we can draw near to God through Jesus. 6:19 to 20 we have this hope as an anchor for our soul that is that is a that's great content that our hope is an anchor for our soul firm and secure it enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where the forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf he has become a high priest forever a verse that we're going to be talking about a fair bit. For law made nothing perfect, and a better hope is introduced by which we draw near to God. The text we will examine this morning is from Hebrews chapter 7. So if you turn to chapter 7, and we turn to uh, verse 11 to 19, and in this scripture, it it divides into two sections, all right? So if you are following along, verse 11 to 14 focuses on the inf- inferiority of the law and the Levitical priesthood. Verse 15 to 19 is the second part and it focuses on the superiority of the new covenant and the priesthood of Jesus that enables us, enables us to draw near to God. Let's read Hebrews seven eleven to 14. If perfection could have been attained through the Levitical priesthood, and indeed the law given to the people established that priesthood, why was there still need for another priest to come, one in the order of Melchizedek, not in the order of Aaron? For when the priesthood is changed, the law must be changed also. He of whom these things are said belonged to a different tribe, and no one from that tribe has ever served at the altar." For it is clear that our Lord descended from Judah, and in regard to that tribe, Moses said nothing about priests. So the law and the Levitical priesthood could not make anything perfect. Can everybody say perfect? Perfect. The author throughout the book of Hebrews talks on this concept of perfection or being made perfect. How many of you wish you were perfect? Put up your hand. Only a few of you, okay. You know, I wish I did everything perfect. I wish, you know, like the way I talk to people, the way I am at home, the way I, I am with my wife, the way I am with my kids, I wish I could do everything perfectly. And in no newsflash, I'm not even close. Sorry to burst your bubble, I'm not even close to being perfect. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. There are times in my life, there are times in our life that we want everything to be perfect, am I right? We think about weddings. How many of you wanted your wedding to be perfect? Yeah, just a few of you. <laughs> you know, Kim and I, along with the Bidells, had the joy of attending this, this, uh, this couple's wedding uh, near Duncan. And it was Clay and Chantile's wedding. It was a beautiful wedding. And um, it was at this farm. You can oversee the ocean. It was beautiful. And I th- it, thinking about my wedding... And I'm sure a lot, of, a lot of people would relate that the, the, the bride-to-be and the groom are getting more and more excited as the days come close. And, and the couples want to put their best foot forward, right? Here's two imperfect people that are going to be center stage in front of everybody, in, in, in front of a group of people. And, and this group of people that were attending your wedding are those that are closest to you. You want everything to be perfect. You don't want to look back and say, man, that dress just wasn't that great. Or that cake tasted like styrofoam. Or, you know, and the list goes on. I wish we had different food. I wish we had different groomsmen. Right? I wish we had a different location. What about these? The stage for the wedding party kept on falling apart and, and kept... The, the wedding party kept on falling through during the reception. Or people kept on shooting sparkling apple corks at others across the room and hitting the bride's aunt. Or even worse, this is the epitome of, of worst-case scenario. Uh, after the wedding, uh, going to the pictures, the groom decided, hey, let's go to McDonald's, and let's spill iced tea all over the wedding dress. Yeah, those seem pretty particular, don't they? And it happened to Kim and I. And she's still still with me. If you look at her train, if you look at her train, she couldn't even wear her train to our reception because there is a massive iced tea stain on it. Well, those, those things bring memories. Our wedding was far from perfect. Kim is so gracious. Like, you just say, like, she's taking care of your kids today. And, and you guys, she, you're, they're in good hands today. The stage, the corks, yes, my buddies were in the back. They were shaking the, the apple, uh, you know, the sparkling apple, and they were trying to hit people with the corks. And those are my buddies from Bible college, right? The stage kept on falling apart, our, our, our wedding party kept on falling down, my brother fell down a few times, it was awesome. <laughs> we have to work at our imperfections, don't we? We think about weddings, we think about all the work that comes into play, we think about who we are going to invite, we think about the color schemes, we think about what we're going to wear, who's officiating, what songs, what poems. Well, Hebrews has a lot to say about perfection. It has a lot to say about perfection. See, at first sight, it may be difficult for us to understand what what this perfection even means. And there's a danger for us to to think that it means moral perfection. That the more uh, we do to achieve this higher and higher moral uh, effort, which no matter how hard we try, we always fail. Theologian N.T. Wright could state this perfection in question could also be translated completeness. It's what you get when every detail is put into place for the final great purpose to be achieved. So what's the great purpose? God's intention for the whole world. The world is God's great project. Just as the bride and groom put work into the wedding to make things perfect, God is working on his project, the world, to bring completeness. And Jesus brought completeness to his plan. Do I hear amen? Amen. For those under the law of Moses, it would have been easy to support if the great plan was simply meant being a part of the community and focused around the temple and that the sacrifices were ordered by the priests. And somehow the ancient Israelites believed that God the Creator would work through that means to bring Israel to perfection and thereby giving perfection to the, whole, the wider world. But it didn't happen that way, not least the way God intended it to. He had already promised there would be a time in the Levitical process that it would be replaced with something different, something better. The Levitical priests and their work pointed forward to eventual perfection, but it couldn't go into reality. They were part of this whole system, which Hebrews had argued with at length, was designed by God not to be the permanent plan, but to point towards what was to come. In Psalm 110, it points us to the coming king and assigns him a different type of priesthood. Now, Pastor Mike talked on priesthood about two weeks ago. It implies that there would be a change in the regime. His argument about the inferiority of the law and the Levitical priesthood had three points. So let's turn back to the scripture, 11 to 14. If the Levitical priesthood was perfect, why was there another priest to come? Verse 11. And we need to be reminded that Jews regarded the law of Moses and the system of sacrifices as sacred and virtually untouchable. That the priesthood was the basis of the law and the sacrificial system, the heart of the law, could not function without the priests. According to Psalm 110, the height of the priesthood David predicts that one will sit at the right hand of God's throne as king and also the priest. This was clearly messianic. So, to answer the question that if the Levitical priesthood was enough, why did God predict a new priest according to the order of Melchizedek? B, the law and the priesthood are connected. When the priesthood changed, the law had to change. This is found in verse 12. And again, this thought about a change in priesthood and the thought of changes in the law was a radical one. The law of Moses was a foundation of of the Jewish religion and culture. But the author is sharing that the law and the Levitical priesthood were so in tune together that you couldn't just change one and not the other. The author views the laws of the priesthood and sacrifices changed Because of Jesus Christ. The whole system of approaching God through sacrifices had been abolished because of Jesus. So if the Levitical priesthood was perfect, God would not have predicted a new order of the priesthood. See, Melchizedek and Jesus aren't from the tribe of Levi. Thus, they represent a new order of priesthood. Verse 13 and 14. The author states what everybody knew, that Jesus was not from the tribe of Levi, but from the tribe of Judah. The author calls our Lord a title he only uses in chapter 13, and he wants us to recognize that Jesus isn't just another priest, but that he is our Lord, God in human flesh, So the overall point in Hebrews eleven to fourteen is that the law and the and the priesthood were inferior because they couldn't make anyone perfect. Second, the priesthood of Jesus is superior because it provides a way for us to draw near to God. Can everybody say "draw near to God"? God. You guys are good. Verse fifteen. And what we have said is even more clear. If another priest like Melchizedek appears, one who has become a priest not on the basis of regulation as to his ancestry, but on the basis of the power of an indestructible life. We're going to be talking about that in a bit. For it is declared that you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. The form regulation is set aside because it was weak and useless. For the law made nothing perfect, and a better hope is introduced, by which we draw near to God. I love this stuff. I don't know about you, if if you're if you're following along here, and the three ways the sh- the the author shows us is, is the priesthood of Jesus is superior because it's based uh, of the on the power of an indestructible life. Verse sixteen. The, the qualifications for being a Levitical priest were all external. Priests were chosen because of lineage and maybe some physical defects. And, and the ceremony of ordaining the priest was also external. But Jesus had become a priest like Melchizedek based on something internal: the power of an indestructible life. John 1:4. John 1 4. It says, in him was life. In him was life. Can everybody say that? In him was life. Although he died for our sins, the grave could not hold him there. He is risen and he lives within us forever. And nothing, absolutely nothing can take him out. He defeated death. And we have access to God through him. B, the priesthood of Jesus is superior because the former regulation is set aside because it was weak and useless. This is a pretty significant statement here. Setting aside is the legal term for the word annul. And the problem was weakness in sinful, sinful flesh that couldn't keep the law. And one reason God instituted the law was to show sinfulness of the heart. But it was never designed to draw sinners close to God. Sinners were prevented to entering the Holy of Holies. But today, we have access to God through Jesus, the Lord. See, the priesthood of Jesus provides a better hope through which we draw near to God. The better hope that he's referring to is what? Jesus. Jesus is the better hope. 7.22, Hebrews 7.22, Jesus is the guarantee of a better covenant, the anchor of our soul. Chapter 10.19-22 says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have this confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus... By a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God. The author of of Hebrews uses this word better 12 times. And that's our sermon series. Here in verse 19, we have a better hope through which we draw near to God. And the author points here is, when you have something better, why would you go back to the old? If you have something better, why go back to the old? I still remember the day, and I'm going to age myself, okay? I still remember the day my dad came home with a color TV. (laughs) I still remember. Clay, do you you remember that? Probably not. No. (laughs) No. I still remember the day my dad came home with the color TV. It was mind-boggling. It was mind-altering. Why would we ever go back to a black and white TV? DVD, VHS, right? High def, terrible def, you know? Like, those, those things back in the days, were, they were probably thinking nostalgically that the old days were best. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I get in this, in this rut of, of keep on thinking about the old days, right? I keep on thinking, oh man, those days were so much better, right? Rather than, hey, let's, let's go through these kind of hard times and, and, and persevere, right? Many of us still do that at times, I do. But they were losing sight of what was way better now that they had Jesus Christ. In Jesus, there is no comparison, and now we have forgiveness of sins through Jesus. We don't have to get rid of our puppy Wally, right? We don't have to get rid of we don't have to get rid of uh, things uh, to, to uh, Sorry, that, that joke flopped. <laughs> we don't have to get rid of things, right? To to f- f- forgive us of our sins, we we have to access. We have access to God through Jesus, and we don't have a priest to represent us in the holy of holies. We have a high priest within the veil and he's inviting us to draw near to him. He's inviting you and I to draw near to him. To receive that unearned grace from him. And I believe many of us need to hear that today. Many Many religions teach us that we must do things to gain acceptance with God. But Paul makes it very clear that we are saved through God's grace, not by our works. And if you've accepted Jesus into your life and what he's done in your life, he died for you, he's forgiven your sin, then today you have that better hope. There's a great story if you follow along with me in John chapter five. You will find this great story of Jesus at the pool. Verse 1 to 9, the pool of Bethesda. Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the Sheep Gate was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. Just imagine this. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool whenever the bubbles come up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat And began walking. So here's this man of 38 years waiting for someone to bring him into the pool. It was the house of mercy, it wasn't just a regular pool. The pool of Bethesda was to provide water for the temple. And and John tells us there's a great number of disabled people waiting for the same opportunity that this man had. Legend had it that an angel would come down to the pool, stir the pool around, And whoever the first person to go into that stirred pool was made well from whatever disease or illness that they had as they waited for the pool to be stirred up. So Jesus asked this man, Would you like to get well? After 38 years, what do you think this man would say? This man's reply didn't seem desperate at all. This man's reply after being asked, I can't, sir. Let's think about this for a second. We would say yes, when we? Hey, I've been waiting here for 38 years. I want to get well. This man's hope was put in people. There's no one to help me into the pool. This man's hope was this pool. The location. Being there at the right time and place. When I try, someone, someone else always beats me to it this man's hope was in people vocation that was his hope and here comes jesus seeing this man lie down and jesus asked him this simple question would you like to get well i have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred when it's stirred someone else beats me to it And what does Jesus say? Pick up your mat and walk. Jesus was the better hope. What took five minutes or one minute or two minutes, he had waited for 38 years. This man had so many excuses and he didn't know he had access to the one who could give him life. Health, everlasting life. Church, what do we put our hope in? What do we put our hope in? And Joel, if you can make your way up here. What do we put our hope in? Do we put our, do we put our hope in money? Man, if I had enough money, I could do that. I wouldn't have any problems if I had more money. What about people? Do we put our our hope in people? What about things? we put our hope in things? What about family? Do we put our hope in family all the time? Do we put our hope in the past? Everything worked better in the past. Do we live in that past? Do we put hope there? This man is asked, do you want to be healed? His response should be answered with a yes. It's more like, it'd be nice, but there's a lot of things going against it. I need a lot of dominoes to make this happen. He had lost determination. He feels defeated. And here's a man waiting all that time for assistance, and here he had access to the one who could give him health. To give him life. The opportunity of a lifetime. This man's hope and trust was in other people to make it happen. He wasn't going to the true source that he needed to get through those times of trouble. When we, when our complete trust is in man and things and money, we are in trouble. This man had no idea who he was talking to. But this was a real opportunity for him to change his life. Church, we could draw close to Jesus today. He is the hope, the anchor of our soul. I just want us to stand. I just want us to stand. I'm just going to ask you a question. Just, I want you just to put out your hands. And I want you to think about this question as we're just listening to music softly as Joel leads and at the end we'll, we'll, we'll end with a, a song. I'm going to ask you a question. What areas in your life do you need to place your hope in? Jesus. What areas in your life what do you need to put your hope in him today? What areas of life do you need to place your hope in him today? Because Jesus is the better hope the anchor of our soul, Yes, Jesus. I want you to start speaking into that. You know, maybe the, maybe you're new here today. Maybe you're you're not uh, fully understanding what's happening. But there's things that that we have on our on our mind, on our heart. Maybe that's a circumstance that's pretty difficult. I want you to start just just speaking out that. And if you haven't talked to God before, it's just a conversation. Oh, Jesus, Lord. I put our hope in you, Lord. Everything you do, Lord, everything you are. Yes, Jesus. You are the better hope. You are the anchor of our soul. Help us to, to remember that or to be reminded of that. Ask Jesus. I encourage you if you want to know more about Jesus. And maybe you haven't invited him into your life, but you could have this new hope in your life. I want to encourage you to maybe speak to myself or, or Pastor Clay or Chantil or, or Calvin or one of our board members. That he'd come into your life, Lord, he'd forgive your sins, or he'd walk with you. He's the hope the anchor of our soul. Oh, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord, I believe the Spirit's doing ministry here in the hearts of our people, Lord. Lord, that you would speak to those that have had some struggles, have had some waves, large waves, large difficulties, Lord. Help them not to put hope in just themselves or other people, Lord, that we would put our hope in you. It doesn't matter how big or how small the need is, Lord. You still care. And you're a big God that you could take care of all of our needs. Oh, Jesus. just going to lead us in a, in a song. And afterwards, I encourage you, if you want to just come up and just uh, pray, pray at the altar, pray in your seat. I encourage you, uh, for those who want to visit, if you just, if you just step out quietly, um, I believe that God wants to do some great things this morning in the hearts of, of, of you. As we lead, uh, as Joel leads us, yeah, join us in singing. And, um, yeah, if that's you, if you just want to, to just keep on talking with God, being, being in his presence, I encourage you just to stay. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this hope that you've given to us, this hope that you are to us through your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you that you are our living hope. You are the anchor of our soul. Oh, Lord, help us to be reminded of that throughout this week, Lord, when things get challenging. Lord, that we could put our hope in you, that we won't put our hope in all these other things that the world has to offer, Lord, because you, you are our anchor, Lord. And Lord, you know the things that we're struggling with today. You know the waves in our life, the waves of our life, the things that are hard to get even out of, maybe even addictions, struggles. Lord, that we can look to you rather than different subjects, different things. Lord, we thank you for this morning. Lord, equip our hearts. Help us to be the salt and light that you desire us to be in the community of the Comox Valley. Oh, Lord, help us in our neighborhood. Help us at our workplace this week. Lord, we pray for the Bedells as they have rest. Lord, give them rest. Encourage their hearts, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your love, your joy, your peace. We Thank you for that we could put our hope in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, record time, guys. 1105. If you'd like to to uh, spend uh, some time praying. Um, we also have Yulia McKenzie has made us a cake. So as a thank you to... to uh, uh, they had a welcome addition of a baby boy. And uh, she decided to make a cake for us. So feel free to... Uh, Sorry. You want to come in? She wants to preach now. Okay. <laughs> Not as a thank you for all the help you, but uh, okay. uh, As a thank you for all the help that our church was. That's great. Thank you, Yulia. Great. Great. And for the parents. That's right. Awesome. Blessings on you guys. you, I'd love to pray with you uh, here if you would like. Uh, we've got Pastor Clay as well. So... Have a great rest of the week. Thanks again for listening to today's message. We hope that it encouraged you as you live out your faith in everyday life. Make sure to download our church app by typing Comox Pentecostal into Google Play or the App Store to enjoy more podcasts, Bible resources, giving options, and more.